Me, sire? Came the donkey's voice. I'm sure I'm very sorry if I've done wrong. The ape said Aslan wanted me to dress up like that, and, and I thought he'd know. I'm not clever like him. I only did what I was told. It wasn't any fun for me living in that stable. I don't even know what's been going on outside. He never let me out except for a minute or two at night. Some days they forgot to give me any water, too. Welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast, where we are doing a chapter-by-chapter deep dive into the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. I'm Chase. And I'm Kel. Thank you for joining us. Just a reminder that today we are talking about the seventh book in the series, The Last Battle, but general spoiler warning for the whole Narnia series, as well as a heads up that we do tend to go on tangents into other stories we enjoy. Uh, We'll do our best to give spoiler warnings if there's anything too crazy that we're going to give away in that. But today we are discussing The Last Battle, Chapter 6, A Good Night's Work. A good night's work, Chase. Um, you know, I've barely had any good day's works, but, you know, we we work with it. Chase, if you wouldn't work mind, I'd love to do what? Work is relative. You know, I like to think that, you know, if you love your job, you're still working because work is work. Yeah. If you love your job, you still need to be paid for the labor you're doing. <laughs> right. Correct. Uh that's a spoken is a true millennial chase, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, but chase hashtag anti work. <laughs> hashtag. So you're not doing this for for, for exposure for free. Uh, and if this could get me clients, it'd be great. But I really don't think it's the way that I'm going to build my business. Listen, those listening to buy a house in the DFW area. If you want a realtor who knows all about C.S. Lewis, you've come to the right podcast. I mean, it's true. That would be those would be fun showings to complain about C.S. Lewis. While I mean, talk about how much we love C.S. Lewis. <laughs> like, if you've been looking house. for a house that had a hidden tunnel system through to other houses in the neighborhood, which that's a callback to like a hundred episodes ago. So, like, you know, you go find back all and those, listen. All those row houses in DFW. Yes, uh, that are surprisingly you know, not connected by basements, you know. Yeah, all but, those basements in Texas. I mean, if you just get past the limestone, it's fine. I mean, sure. Well, here it's just clay, so the basement uh, would collapse in on itself, like, immediately. Sure, 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 sure. But yeah, makes sense. you are, y'all have got the nice, the nice rock. Mm, you got that real, that's a nice boulder. Uh, <laughs> On that note, Chase, yeah, I think it's about, about time we, we dive into a summary. Um, after the king had taught Jill some archery and used to some sword skills, since he had not used the curved calamine sword before, they settled in early for some sleep, since they would have to move in the night. They had agreed that they would need to rescue Jewel the Unicorn from Stable Hill, and then if they succeeded, they could go meet the little army uh, Rune with the Centaur would be bringing from Care Paravel. Tyrion awoke and shook the other two awake as well. They prepared and Tyrion gave them instructions for if they needed to fight or retreat, and they set out into the night. They traveled due north, and Jill made sure they were heading the right direction by the stars. You know, the ones that definitely point the direction and Narnia aren't living beings. Uh, They got into eerily quiet woods and could finally see the stable atop of the hill. 
and Jill sunk down into the brush and told them to do the same to stay hidden. Though through the brush, they could see the outline of a stable and a single calamine guard keeping a poor watch. Tyrion went up, pretending to be a calamine himself, and quickly twisted the guard into a hold with a knife that had served and killed him. Just kidding, he didn't. That's a, he's, he's fine. Uh, from there, the guard showed him where Jewel was kept, and Tyrion freed him and used the ropes to find the sentry. Jewel and Tyrion returned to the tree line, but for a moment they could not find Jill. Eustace hadn't heard her slip away because he's just not, he's not a great lookout. Uh, and they whispered her name as loudly as they could. But then they finally heard her respond from inside the stable. She had something with her and was trying to suppress laughter as she rejoined the group. She explained that it was him, capital H, the false Aslan. She had gone into the stable and struck a light and had found an old donkey with lion skin tied around him. She hadn't even needed to threaten him to come with her because he was fed up with being there as well. His name was Puzzle. Tyrion was angry that Jill had disobeyed orders and done this without telling anyone. It was about to cut the donkey's head off when Jewel pulls a Pocahontas and uh, dives in and grabs the donkey by the neck and the children stopped it. Tyrion asked what the donkey had to say for himself and Puzzle replied saying that the ape had told him Aslan wanted him to dress up like that. And since the ape is a lot smarter, he just went along with it. He didn't like the stable, though. He wasn't ever allowed to go outside. Uh, he didn't know what was happening. They didn't even give him food and water sometimes. And Jewel noted that it sounded like a group of dwarves was drawing near. But at this point, Tyrion's mood changed, and he wanted to meet them openly instead of hiding and whispering. They had the fake Aslan. Surely these honest people would see the truth and turn up, turn against the ape now, right? They started cheerily up the main road and soon came upon a column of about 30 le dwarves led by dun, 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 two Calarmine soldiers. And Tyrion yelled at them to stop and asking where they were going and whose orders they were under. Chase, it's a good night's work. It's a good night's work. You know, one of the most disappointing things about this chapter is that night is spelled N-I-G-H-T instead of K-N-I-G-H-T. C.S. Lewis, for being like an English teacher, really missed out on a good pun there. Yeah. The wordplay would have been so easy. It would have not made that much sense, but it would have made enough sense for him to make the joke. I like it. I would have been pro. I would have been pro that pun. Uh, you know, J.K. Rowling had been writing this chapter. It would be called a good night's work, and it would have been the like a, so It would have been the chapter where where Harry gets on the knight bus. Yeah. Uh, so it would have been great. Uh, but Chase, we we come back upon our chapter. If you remember the end of the last pod where they're just like, great, let's talk about all these random things. And they're like, cool. Remember archery and swordsmanship? Y'all are fine. Good. Yeah. And that's that. They, luckily, before they take like a two hour nap, Tyrion does in fact make sure that they're fine at archery and sword skills. Um, yeah. Weird. So... At what point does Jill become a Eagle Scout Ranger? Oh, this Chase, chapter you, she is she is half of this chapter is about how good Jill is at hunting and tracking. Oh, you don't remember when she turned into Legolas in the last book, Chase? It says it right here that they had learned a lot about like shooting, skinning, cleaning, and like preparing rabbits as well as tracking the stars in the last book so like i guess i missed obviously, the scene where puddle glum was upset that joe accidentally hunted or was hawking rabbit last book and that's yeah. why she knows like it's <laughs> this is one of those things where it's like c.s lewis we literally just read this like yeah. what are you talking about we we were we we're just there 
And like, maybe he's just like hoping that someone didn't, you know, chapter by chapter, slowly read word for word each of these books. And we're like, yeah, that sounds like something that would have been included in the uh, silver chair. You know how she learned how to navigate the stars when they were underground for months? Yes. That looks like a star. If the, the Obviously, this was not a great joke for, uh, you know, listeners, but it was kind of what you do when you like you lick your finger and you test for the wind. That was her. Yeah. But obviously, she can't test the wind when she's looking at stars. Also, she's underground. Also, it was a bad joke. I, you know, I forget that it's not just you and me talking sometimes, Chase. Oh, it's just you and me talking. <laughs> <laughs> There's not actually anyone listening to this podcast. Uh, that happens. Uh, but they like decide to go through this little training regimen where it's like, cool, like you're archers and you're professional hunters, you're, you're Aragorn back in the woods, you're a ranger, uh, you know, and oh, like how do you fight with a Calarmine scimitar? This is going to come up later. I don't think it will. Uh, I hope not, but I, I don't remember like, what happens in this book. So <laughs> I remember like the broad strokes of this book, but I don't remember Eustace, you know, slaying anyone with a scimitar. That that feels egregious to me. But yeah, I didn't remember there being murder in the first four chapters of this book either. So, so therefore, maybe he does slay someone with a scimitar. Yeah, but no. they all agree. The, the, the first thing they got on the on the table. Yep. Yep. They all agree. First thing they need to do is not go find Aslan. It's not to make sure that they go and reunite with the army. Gotta go get Jewel the Unicorn. Yeah, He's his buddy. Best friend. He's his best friend, man. When he finds him, he does kiss him on the face. And then he's gonna go get the army. First, kiss a snout. Second, army. Maybe some fun along the way. But... now Now they have a pet donkey. Yeah. And that's a great time, you know? It's a real Eeyore, literally. Uh, and, you know, it works out well. Uh, but they, you know, make their way through. And as they're like, like Tyrion's like, all right, we got to head due north from here. Obviously, right? Of course. That's how and we get I haven't really thought about this, Chase. Why does Narnia have north, south, east, west? Like, we have north because of the North Star. Because of, like, you know, the planet, there is north and south there. But, like, how do they know, how did they define what was, like, what direction if it's all flat? Uh, That's a great question. Probably just picked which side the ocean. (laughs) Everyone... And all of the all of the countries in Narnia that are famously agreeable were like, yes, this way's up. Yeah, well, as long as Narnia and Archenland could figure it out, the rest of them just had to kind of go with it. Um, also, Sound, sounds like some real Narnian privilege. What's just due west? Like we don't. <laughs> that's never decided, right? Like I, I don't know. Maybe this is just me looking for nits to pick. But on a flat land, this is just a grid. Right, like you're just like go to A one, you know. Uh, but again, you have to agree which side is up, quote unquote, on a map. Yeah. But regardless, they're like all right. Direction it gets colder as you go there is is north. But why? But why, Chase? Be- colder. Because the way that uh, 
the way that the air moves across the flat surface uh, create. This is Narnia. It's a flat land. Audience <laughs> listening again, a visual medium here, right? You got a plate. The sun is equally above all of them. I mean, look, if if only it was a GMF. How is atmosphere? How is atmosphere held in place here, Chase? There's no gravity. How does gravity even work on Narnia? By the will of Aslan. (laughs) (laughs) He sung gravity into existence. Oh, golly. I just... He's got to be able to have his mountain that's the entire height of the rest of the world. Right. Well, you know... We they they do they do discuss later on that the north star of this world is called Spearhead and it's brighter than our pole star, but it still just bothers me because it's like there's so many things that don't work. But also because there's no poles if your Earth there's is no pole <laughs> because it's not turning. Yes, there's no there's no magnetic pole. It's yeah the, yeah right. I'm glad. Okay. I just feel like a crazy person going the, on this tangent right now. The scientific but, systems of Narnia don't make sense. I don't expect but, them to because it's a children. But thank God, day. thank God that Jill's here to navigate these unnavigable, unnavigable. Yeah, I don't know. Sure, navigable. I like it. I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna say it confidently. Unnavigable stars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Tyrion's like, wow. She's she's a true pathfinder. We got Moana over here uh, making her way. And, you know, she's like, by the main, and turns into Will Ferrell from uh, from Anchorman again. He's like, by the main, this girl is a wondrous wood maid. If she had dry blood in her, she could scarce do better. And Eustace goes, she's so small. That's what helps. But how? <laughs> How what would does her small? size have anything to do with her ability to tell directions? I feel like this is Eustace grasping at straws here. And like maybe this is just Eustace and Tyrion being like a little bit of um their insecure men being like outdone in like a stereotypical like masculine art. And they're like, nah, it's because she's it's because she's small. She's closer to the ground. She can see the ground better. So she knows how to walk. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Let's go with that. Yeah. If she's close to the ground, I mean, she's more in touch with the earth. That's And yeah. the earth is more in touch with the stars than we are. It's a facto. She's a, she's a great directionist. If we were shorter, yeah, that would, it would be easy. Exactly. But we're tall. We're, we're two tall masculine men, of course. <laughs> so that's how I like to picture this conversation going on in the background. Uh, and but this is again another walking bit. Yeah, C.S. Lewis had to remind us. Hey, I still love me a good stroll. Yeah, it's not like we did that last chapter. We could have. We may have. Who knows? We did. We could have done this in roughly every chapter. Who knows? Right. But they're making their way through. They're trying to be quiet. They're hearing an occasional good night from little hedgehogs and. The, the hoots of owls and whatnot, which is a sweet imagery. Do we need to know about it? Probably not. Um, and then they just keep walking. And that's that, Jim. 
That's the end of the chapter. So you can find our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, not the end of the chapter. Because eventually, Chase, they do make it to the stable, which is good. And At which see, point, Jill, like a super spy, sinks into the brush. Like, like the picture I get from them walking up to the edge of this hill is that there's just tall grass around, like, whatever tree line. And yeah. she just, like, like just vertically lowers, like, an elevator into the grass yes. completely silently. Yes. To the point where, like, they're like, where'd she go? Yes. Uh, Do you know... You know the image of like Simba in the Lion King when he's like stalking through the tall grass learning how to pounce on Zazu? That's what I picture Jill doing. Yeah, that's She's just it's funny that most of this chapter is about how stealthy and talented Jill is at everything. This is a this is Jill's training video for like her submission to be in the Marines, I think, or like a Navy SEAL. Yeah. Where it's like like this is Jill Team Six. Like this is this is like she's she's sitting there with like like camouflage paint on her face, night vision goggles, making you know like little invisible hand signs to Tyrion and Eustace, and they're like, we have no idea what you're talking about. And then she's gone because they clearly didn't go through the training manual of silent discussions. Uh, and but they're like, hey, we see we see the stable, and we see a Calamine guard. And uh, and Tyrion's like, hey, it's my turn to show you some like James Bond moves. Uh, and he's like, wait here. And if you've ever dealt with any children or teenagers, it's never going to happen. Or especially if you've seen any movie with teenagers uh, yeah, where it's like, he's hey, not gonna listen. don't move. Stay here because it's not safe. That is code for this teenager is about to run away and do something. Yeah. So. You know, we just can great because he's gonna walk up and act like nothing's wrong. Yeah, and he's gonna roll a deception check, and he he rolls a nat twenty hard. Like, here's the thing: his deception works, and then he immediately drops character because he walks up to this guy, drops on a knee, and goes, "Art thou a warrior of the Tisrax of the Tisrox? May he live forever." It cheers my heart to meet thee among all these beasts and devils of Narnia's. Give me thy hand, friend. And the sentry is like, oh, okay. And he goes to like do it. And immediately Tyrion's like pulls a knife, got him on the neck. He's like, whoa. Like, I'm sure he could have just, he easily could have just kept this act up and been like, listen, fellow brethren, take ease. I am replacing you. And this guy would have been like, oh, Cool. Sounds legit. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm here for some slashing and dashing. Let's go. Yeah. No, he could have been like the Tisrock, may he live forever, demands this this beast come to him. Like he could have done anything. It... Yep. Instead, he goes straight for the threat. Like, this is uh have you seen the most recent Guardians? Yeah. So not this is not a spoiler by any means, but it's like it's Star Lord and and quote unquote new Gamora trying to accomplish something where it's like, hey, let me charm them. And she just goes straight for like, I'm gonna threaten you with murder. This is the same thing, but it's the same person. Where it's yeah. like, I'm gonna charm you and then kill you. Yeah. It's I don't know. It it is worth noting at this point for the listeners, uh, 
they are still in blackface disguised as <laughs> power beans. <laughs> we didn't mention that at the top of the podcast because it's really not that important. <laughs> I, I just was content to let that go and not speak of it again. So I mean, know. it's relevant for why he can just roll why he can and be, be like, mean. hey, hey, fellow, fellow Calarmine. How are you? How do you do? He tips his hat. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, hey, tell me where Jewel is. And the guy's like, hey, your paint is streaking. Uh, and he's like, oh, crap. Uh, he pulls the knife. But he's like, all right, tell me where the unicorn is. And he's like, gladly. I don't even want to be here. Yeah, this is a guy who does not get paid enough. Me. If you had just looked over my shoulder, you would have found him. This, like, this dude is like, look, I don't even like it here. I Look, I, I'm not enjoying my job. I was I was promised benefits. I haven't got my paycheck in a few weeks. I do take him. Like he, I'm out, right? Uh, and they're like, oh, well, that was that was easy, almost too easy. Was there a deception or trap? Nope. Jules just literally right there. Oh, it it would not have been hard to find him if he had just if they had come up the other side of the hill, they could have just gotten Jewel without having to go through the guard. Literally nothing. Yeah, and so they free Jewel. And he's like, hey, don't nay, which is like, it feels offensive to me, uh, yeah. but whatever. Uh, and he's like, cool, it's me. Uh, and like, I'll untie you. And then he's like, all right, Sentry, get your back to the wall. And uh, like, Jewel, set the point of your horde against this Calorman's breast. If he moves, rib him to the heart. And it's like, oh my God, <laughs> this poor <Damn>. Sentry. <laughs> There's a reason Tyrion's the last king of Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> he is he is brutal. Dude is he pulls no punches uh, and is he is he is uh if, if this was team avatar he's tough. He's very willing to just like kill yeah. a dude. I mean, he might even be Zuko at that point. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he he may be Azula. Like he's he's just like let's just murder like, I'm fine with it. You're fine with it, right? Okay, cool. It doesn't wait for anyone. Uh, and so they, like, tie the sentry up. And I don't want to spoil anything, but I do believe that this sentry will come into play later on in the book. Uh, potentially. So. <laughs> it, this is, so, to give to go to the further up and further in uh, part of this book, uh, whenever we start to have theological questions with C.S. Lewis, uh, I believe this guy comes back. I could be wrong. It could be someone else. Uh, hey, I believe you. Hey, I, I believe me too, until I don't. Uh, you know? C.S. Lewis could always surprise us. But he always pulls a fast one. Uh, but they tie up the soldier. Kill him. They tie up the soldier. They get Jewel, and Tyrion and Jewel are walking their way back. And they're like, they see Eustace and they're like, great, we're, we're done. Now Mission we're accomplished. Mission accomplished. Wait a minute, there's still two pages left in this chapter. Uh, and they're like, where's Jill? And Eustace is like, she's right here. And then points hey, to nothing. And like Eustace is like, bro, you had literally no job. You didn't even have a job. You just had to stand here and like, Jill was just next to you. How did you not notice that the only other person with you snuck away? Well, you didn't see 
her stealth roll. She also she stealth roll stealth rolled a nat twenty. She didn't. Yeah. No, no one even knew that she was rolling. Yeah, no, she cast pass without trace and then still rolled a like thirty stealth roll. It was absolutely. These are things right. that I know. Yeah, I know what these words mean. Uh, and so she she just disappeared, and they're like, "Crap, where did she go?" And then they start hearing drum beats, and they're like, "Oh, dwarves!" Which, again, we've talked about C.S. Lewis and dwarves on this podcast before, where he's just like, "There's a lot of dwarf hate." in these books. Um, yeah. And unfortunately they often deserve it. But like you, where, where, where are all the good dwarves? Like what's our guy, what's our guy's name who got real old in the last book? Uh, Trumpkin. Trumpkin. Where, where are all of the like dwarves like him, right? Like they're why all, the, why, do like dwarves, why, do, why do the dwarves always got to be bad, you know? But, and then like, they're like, Oh, we got to prepare for this. Like, and then Jill's just like, Hey, I'm back. And she, they're like, dude, where you been? What's what? What is like? We were worried about you, and she's just giggling, and she's like, the stable. <laughs> uh, and they're like, bro, what are what are you talking about? We just went there, we just rescued Jewel, uh, and she's like, well, you know, I was gonna help you out, and um, I was gonna like go and and be with you, but I ended up seeing him, and so I got it, and they're like all right, listen, pronouns, like, you're going to have to help me out here. Uh, who's him? Who's he? What do you mean? And then she's like, I got the false Aslan. And they're like, again, say more than three words. What do you mean? Who, who, who are you? Who are you talking about? And she shows them our man puzzle. And by our man, I mean donkey. Yeah. Our, our favorite donkey puzzle. Yeah. It's, I mean, look, I don't blame Tyrion for being angry here, but Tyrion goes full rage monster murder at this point. Yes. Agreed. Like, he, pretty much without asking questions, Puzzle doesn't even get a word in. Because on one hand, Eustace is like, well, you know, if Jill was a boy, you would be like, she's the best soldier ever. And then Tyrion's like, if he was a boy, I would be having her whipped. It's a... and then he draws his sword to cut off the donkey's head. Correct. And like <laughs> this is where he he's too much of a ready go set kind of guy. Where yeah. it's like, look, man, you just discovered like granted, Jill snuck off. She disobeyed your orders. Those things are true. Yeah. Not everyone in danger. You have to recognize this. However, she did just she just caught the opposing team's queen. Yeah. Like she, she just won you this war potentially. And you're going like, you're going to just sacrifice this. No. What are you talking about? Learn to play the game. My friend. This is why you're a little bit rash of a King to quote CS Lewis earlier in this book. Yeah. I mean, Jill is also very rash, though, because when he is going to cut this donkey's head off, Jill throws herself in and is saying it's she not. Says, no, I love him, daddy. Oh, wait, he sorry, said, that's Pocahontas. He's a nice donkey. His name's Puzzle, and I've got my arms around his neck because Tyrion and us couldn't see that she had his ar- her arms around his neck unless she said it. Um, this, is, this is why like, it reminds me of those TikToks where it's like, 
this is how Dumbledore looks in the movies, and it shows like Dumbledore, like in the Harry Potter movies. And this is how Dumbledore looks in the books. And it's just the word printed on the page, Dumbledore. <laughs> it's like, like, I'm telling you, audience, I have my hands around his neck. Please don't chop me in half. And like, this is the quote that I wanted to use at the early part of the chapter that Chase and I were like, this is a good one. But unfortunately, we have, we have stuck by a rule through the entirety of this podcast. And we're going to continue to stick by it. We'll because he's like, Jill. Uh, and she's like, Jill, you are the bravest and most woodwise of all of my subjects. She's not, first of all, she ain't your subject, Holmes, right? She's from Earth. Like, let's just get that, you know, straight here. She's, if anything, like a diplomat. Uh, she's a console, you know, but uh, she's like, but you are also the most malapert and disobedient. There's a $5 word for you. Yeah, and she goes, well, let the, quote, donkey live. What have you to say for yourself? Quote, donkey. Yeah, that's what it says. Donkey. That's what it says. Nothing else, okay. nothing more. Donkey. Uh, and then puzzle, poor puzzle. Like, puzzle's just like, dude, I don't know what's happening. This is what, like, the ape said that I should dress up like Aslan, and because that's what Aslan wanted, and he's a lot smarter than me, and so I did what I was told, and I just hung out in this stable. I didn't even like the stable. It was dirty. It was dark. I don't know. It was happening outside. They didn't feed me. They didn't give me water. Poor Puzzle. <laughs> yeah, puzzle, puzzle. puzzle puts up with so much, but also it's kind puzzle. of his own fault. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's and, and this is where we wanted to talk through, like, what is the, like, inherent damage of complicity? Where, like, like puzzle does not know what is happening, but is a willing aid and doesn't question anything. Yeah, puzzle doesn't put up resistance. It's tough because C.S. Lewis tries his hardest to write it so that we can just say, "Oh, well, he's not intelligent, though." But like that doesn't. But he is. Like he's intelligent enough to know better, and then just goes along with it anyways. And then makes an excuse for how he doesn't actually know better, even though he does. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I made the a joke before we started that we get to talk about Nazis in this chat. But this, that was a joke, but this is also the question that people always have around, like, World War II and the complicity of, like... And this is... Oh, and, like, the common soldier who's not in command at what right. point is just following orders not... Right, and this is this is a decade war crimes crimes the line. (laughs) This is a decade after World War II. This would have been a question commonly asked. This is in the heart of the Cold War. Like, I I don't I'm not a huge history buff off the top of my head, but if this is this is either right around or you know right before Korea, and so like it's like you're these are questions that would have been been asked, right? Uh, I mean, like, this would have been one of the chief moral questions of this decade because the entire Europe was having to deal with what do we do with this nation of people who are now having to rejoin global society? Absolutely. And what we just watched them do. Yeah. And, and it's tough, right? And I think C.S. Lewis is obviously coming at this from 
the Christian forgiveness perspective, right? Where he's like, look, we have to like work towards forgiveness, but there's also the physical temporal aspect of like, we may forgive, but also this is hard stuff to just like ignore. Like, and how do we just say, Hey, everything that you did, whether you knew or did not know about it is totally fine. And in very typical CS Lewis fashion, he, he kind of does what he has done throughout the series, which is presenting the question, but not necessarily asking it. Right. I think he does a good job. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this chase of like, how do you feel with him? He does this quite a bit of like presenting something for children to think about without necessarily just giving them the answer. Yeah. I actually really like it as like a way of teaching. Like there's pulling, pulling out my education major uh, for a second. Like they said it was never going to be useful. And still hasn't been, but like there is a, one of the popular theories within teaching right now is the acquisition of knowledge rather than the like delivery of straight fact. Um, and it kind of comes from language theory. Like the way that you learned to talk when you were a baby is not someone sitting down with a grammar book and saying, this is where these words go. The way you learned was through the acquisition of language through experiencing other people using it and having to use it yourself. Um, and so I actually really like the way that C.S. Lewis teaches these moral concepts. Like that's one of my favorite things about Narnia is that he just kind of weaves these moral quandaries, these like ethical dilemmas into the story. And the answer comes through seeing the characters either do it wrong or do it right. And that's one of the powers of storytelling is that people can learn these lessons without someone saying, so I need you to know if you're ever in a situation where you're tempted to do something bad, it's still bad. Even if you are just going along with someone else's idea, like that's not, uh, that's not going to sink into someone's soul in the same way seeing it happen or experiencing it yourself is going to do. And so that, that process of learning, like actually is really good for, children i mean yeah yeah i think come out and say and i need you kids to know this is just like the nazis like that's probably not the way to do it so right i like it i think i think you're spot on right and i think you know as much you know nits as we pick in in this series right i think this is one of the big reasons why narnia has held up so well over time is like even with the questionable things that he's putting in because it's 1950s and like all of the you know things that include this like man it's it's kind of wonky i think it's because he does such a good job of getting down to the level of a child and presenting real things without being demeaning without being condescending but going hey here's here's reality this is what life kind of looks like sometimes and it, allowing the, the kids to go yeah i don't like that because even with Tyrion, right who is a protagonist. He's the good guy in this, right? He's a king of Narnia. We're clearly looking at him going, dude is rash. Dude is jumping to conclusions too quickly. 
dude is ready to like go to murder until you see like Jill like go, hey, hold on, don't do that. And so it's like, hey, even if you're a good guy, the way that you accomplish being good is just as important as the good you're doing, right? And, and so I, I think you're spot on there. And and I like that he does that. And he does that with a lot of different concepts, um, include like, so right now, obviously it's, you know, complicity, uh, but it's also, I mean, he's going to talk, he's going to address like just a ton of stuff throughout the books of, of making like doubt, like we just addressed in the last book of going like, Hey, is it okay to ask questions? Is it okay to, you know, have doubt? And it's like, yeah, as long as you're seeking the answers, you know, and like, it's, it's, he does this really well. And then I'll give him credit, Chase. He actually, he actually leaves on somewhat of a cliffhanger. Yeah, to to a certain extent, it's better than most. I'll, I'll call him. It's you know, it's an above average ending for one of his chapters. Maybe, maybe I'm just getting burned out on cliffhangers, but I do sometimes wish that chapters didn't end in the middle of a sentence. Um, I agree. Yeah. Uh, it's it's tough because basically what happens and and I I don't want to cut you off if you had anything to add in addition to the complicit stuff. Oh no, I um, covered that. Cool. So what happens is as soon as you know, uh, puzzle is like, hey, I look, I didn't want to even be there. Jewel is like, hey, remember those dwarves that we just talked about? They're here. Uh, and Tyrion's like, crap, like totally forgot about them. Oh man, I'm dumb. Like. We have this donkey who's dressed up as 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 in we know their entire plot now. Let's just tell these people that they've been following a false Aslan, and then like the ape will be hung tomorrow. And it's like because uh, oh. you know how people who have been really committed to a cause love being told that their entire cause is completely wrong. That always yeah. super well. It's, Everyone we don't knows that in the real world, but there were look after nineteen forty five. Nazis didn't exist. That's true. I've heard plain that. and simple. I, I don't. I can't. I can't quite place what news network was saying that recently, but I, I think I've heard that somewhere. Don't worry about it. We don't need. We don't need to go down this rabbit trail of jokes anymore. Unlike C.S. Lewis, we don't ask questions and we don't want to know the answers, right? Nope. Uh, but uh, he's like, "Hey, let's just tell them." That everything is wrong and they see them marching, but it's not just the dwarves at their at the head of their army are two armed calamines who are leading the columns. And Tyrion's like, hey, why do y'all lead these Narnian dwarves and by whose orders? And that's the end uh, of the chapter, which clearly means that this is about to go really well. Yeah, clearly. I mean, th- that's why there's only seven chapters in this book. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually do really like uh, that this is Tyrion's perspective, like the naivety of like going in of like, Oh, well, obviously they're just going to see the truth and believe it. Yeah. Uh, Why wouldn't they? Like that is going to be one of the big like plot drivers of the rest of the book is right. That spoiler alert, people aren't going to (laughs) accept that they've been misled by a fake Aslan Right. Like, there's going to be a large contingent that is committed to the lie because that's right. what they and and more often than not given themselves people, to. and more often than not it's not the like people want their desires justified 
more so than they want justifiable answers and reasoning, right? They don't want the truth, pure truth. They want, hey, I want you to confirm what I'm already doing. Like, yeah. And if you're coming in saying like, hey, I don't care if it's Aslan, if it's Tash, if it's Tashland, if it's the hash slinging slasher, whoever it is, that's just a long, as long as it's saying like, hey, I'm good in doing what I'm doing and what we're wanting to do, that's fine. And that's what's going to continue to play out. But Tyrion is a young king. And like, he is a king that has not been challenged because the past, however many, you know, generations of, uh, you know, kingliness in, in Narnia have not been in wars. They've had a brokered peace. Yeah. And man, is that about to change? Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's a nice thought. <laughs> I, <laughs> the same uh, time. It's, it's, it's the Ned Stark mentality, right? Yeah, where it's like, it is, yeah, it ideally, is the Ned Stark mentality. Like, this well, would work course, great in an ideal world. These are the facts. Like, why, why would anyone do anything otherwise? Right. Exactly. But Chase, that is where we lead off. And if you hear those sounds of ancient, of, of drums, pounding in the distance it's not dwarves led by a couple calamines it's just the end of this podcast yeah. and so or chase uh, it could be right uh, and if that's so we really need to end this podcast fast because i am messing with no Jumanji. uh but chase before we end would you like to tell our listeners where they can find us and as we you know approach the latter half of this last book i would love to you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, where wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this podcast today, you can find it again tomorrow. Um, we believe in you. And while you're finding it tomorrow, if you want to go ahead and just like leave us a five star review or rating, that'd be great. No pressure, yeah. but that'd be nice. Um, like then while you're at it, just go ahead and open that Instagram app and find at Chronicles of Podcasts where you can. Yeah follow and see when we do post new episodes because it's not always that that consistent uh don't yeah. believe the bio um and yeah just go ahead and uh, share that with friends and keep listening we're almost Absolutely. through the series and if we're almost done and if you're one of those wild people who jump into the sixth chapter of the last book you've got Welcome. a whole nother six books that you could go and listen to can you have a hundred episodes. You, you have a hundred episodes. This is 101. This is where it gets real. Now we're just starting. We're not. We're almost we're done. This is, this is get, getting gliding to an to a hopefully safe landing. This is the it's like like final final call has just been been you know announced and uh closing time has come over the radio. Uh, at the bar so like get your orders in and you know get ready yeah start morning now <laughs> on that note who are you and who do you work for i i don't have a further up and further in I too do not have a further up and further in great i was so thinking we're about that here. as i was sending the link of like oh yeah that part Huh. Like, oh, I'm very okay not doing one this one, you know? Yeah, I'm it good just, with just doing them when we actually have something like static yeah. to talk about. Agreed. 